Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. August is underway and it's a great month for sports. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you can find it. From baseball's marquee matchups to college football, including prop bets and futures, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip off, face off, or pitch, Head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Hello, everybody. This is Jeremy Evans, your host of the Believe in Sports Law podcast via the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening in. Today is Monday, August 16th, 2021, for episode 33 of season three. And we're going to be talking about what the entertainment sports and life metaverse looks like. So uh, metaverse is really just a big word for uh, digital existence, you know, in the sense of um, sort of creating an environment through, let's say, um, uh, let's say augmented reality, virtual reality, something like this, where uh, it's a place to where, Um, We can all kind of meet online, right? Whether that be through social media, whether it be through, um, you know, uh, even sort of virtual appearances. A lot of times at concerts, we're seeing these holograms pop up, but it's really um, those, I think, technology things uh, and even the use of social media would see rudimentary when it comes to what, let's say, like the movie Ready Player One. Uh, by Steven Spielberg um, sort of shows, right? This idea where people can really tap into uh, a digital uh, metaverse or a digital universe, if you will, uh, you know, being at home. This is something that gamers obviously experience when they're playing games. It's something that you can experience when you're doing virtual reality. But of course, I think the idea is, is that, you know, would be would somebody be sort of wearing... Um, yeah, you know, sort of a virtual reality type, um, you know, glasses and, and sort of the, the sort of the pull over your head type, um, you know, contraption, or is it, uh, you know, something even beyond that, right? So the reason that this, uh, that this gets brought up is this idea that um, there really has been this ever-increasing push in entertainment, media, and sports and really in daily life towards digital and experiential, right? So when you look at what's been going on with regard to events and uh, things that have been happening even pre-pandemic is this idea that uh, there has been this call for um, people to have more experiences as opposed to just your traditional way of watching things. So for example, if you look at I mean, I've written about this topic and we've talked about this topic a lot on this podcast, but 
if you look at um, the way that content is distributed, right? It used to be that, you know, you'd have your traditional cable package uh, and you get your channels and you would watch, you know, an entire baseball game, football game, what have you, or an entire show uh, that was, um, you know, post uh, going through theatrical sort of uh, window. Well, of course, with the pandemic and everything else going on in this world with this move to digital and the increase in technology, uh, the theatrical window has closed. And frankly, people have looked for uh, maybe better experiences as opposed to just watching something on, um, you know, on a traditional television. And this is where obviously people can watch content on their iPads. They can watch it on their phones. Uh, they can watch it on their computers. They can watch it really anywhere. And uh, it's just sort of this idea of sort of the Burger King way of content, you know, uh, have it your way. And so uh, there was an article that came out and essentially um, the, um, CEO of uh, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, he might be the chairman at this point, but uh, exactly what his title is. But essentially, he had talked about Facebook being really the 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 sort of size, you know, one size fits all uh, in terms of people connecting through a metaverse, right, and uh, and using technology to do that. And so uh, he had sort of. Um, had been quoted as saying, quote, I expect people will, will transition from seeing us primarily as a social media company to seeing us at a, as a metaverse company, end quote. And it's this idea that, you know, using the network, which is the platform, and this idea that uh, the more people who tap into the network, the stronger the network becomes, you know, the more members and people who join social media, the stronger the network becomes because there's more uh, referrals, for lack of a better word. There's more opportunities to meet other people and to connect with other people and see other people's content and to get recommended content, right? And platforms this, this day and age work the same way when you're watching content, you know, the things of suggestions, you know, go to YouTube, right? And if you're logged in to your profile on YouTube, you're going to get suggested content based on what you've watched. And there's no difference to that and between, you know, Amazon Prime and uh, and everything else, right? This idea that you have this content that uh, essentially collecting data and sort of seeing what your user experience is. You know, how many times have you um, logged into a platform or downloaded an app and it says basically, can it send you notifications and or can it um, monitor and send feedback when something crashes or goes wrong, right? This all goes to sort of increasing the metaverse, at least according to Zuckerberg, this idea of kind of connecting people and bringing people together. Um, I guess, you know, in the past, you know, people have used the word cyberspace, but again, it's this idea of augmented reality, virtual reality, uh, and even Facebook has a, a uh, part in this and through their um, technology that they, I think it was that they purchased the uh, uh, Oculus technology and this sort of three-dimensional virtual avatar uh, type thing, right? So I don't think it's very far off. I think it's just a matter of, um, you know, being in a situation where uh, it's having the technology really connect with the ideas. I think the ideas have been there for a long time, but uh, I think, if, you know, eventually it's the technology catching up. Uh, and, and again, the best thing that I can kind of point to is the, the Ready Player One movie by Steven Spielberg and how that played out and people connecting into a metaverse, if you will, 
uh, but then obviously still living their real lives. And of course, a part of all this is this idea that, you know, the ongoing pandemic, it's really kind of expedited this process, right? Because people have spent more time at home. Uh, they've spent more time going out, um, you know, in terms of uh, digitally going out and, and kind of seeing how that plays out. Now, obviously there's, there's an effect to that. And I think, um, and it's, it's going to be one of those things where uh, there's going to be a challenge when it comes to uh, how that plays out with sort of physical contact, right. And people having the sort of interest in nature of wanting to, um, you know, be together, that sort of entertainment media and sports metaverse and what that looks like. And we've compared it to the movie Ready Player One. But uh, we've talked about how the pandemic and this new Delta variant and all the things that are going on in terms of how that's increased the move to digital and experiential. Uh, if you look at NHL, when they, the National Hockey League, when they sold um, 99 cent uh, quick snippets to their games to where you could get like a live look in. If you look at like the NFL network and red zone and how that works, people don't want to watch a full game. They want to just experience the highlights. Uh, Bleacher Report is obviously a very popular uh, app these days. And it's where you can go to check all the scores, highlights and everything. Right. And of course, with sports betting, this has only increased this idea of people having want, wanting more experiential, uh, you know, if anything, the gambling and sort of sports betting ties into getting people more engaged with content because the personal way of delivering it and just having somebody sit in front of a TV to watch a two to three hour long sports match is just not going to happen. And of course, when you're talking about the movie side of things uh, and even the media side with regard to news, the movie side, you know, people are just not uh, as inclined to go to the movies anymore. And especially when, when it was introduced that, you know, basically people could stream movies from home, uh, regardless of theatrical windows, this was going to happen, Right. And regardless of the pandemic, this was going to happen because as much as I love the theater experience, it's also nice to be able to stream a movie too. So, and in, in the media side with regard to news, people continue to want to um, experience their news in a growing fashion in uh, online media in uh, quick little snippets and little runners across the TV uh, on social media, this sort of thing. And those may not be the best places to distribute, but I think it's a matter of those companies in the industry and the ethics and the rules to catch up to that. So if most people are consuming news online, then there needs to be a way to figure out how to distribute that and distribute it correctly and truthfully, right? So I think there's some interesting things. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, for one, the cost of doing business is less expensive, um, you know, over time when it's digitized. Uh, and it's uh, easier to reach more people. Um, and there's also maybe an argument to be said that the move to digital is safer uh, because there's a situation where you're not having to leave your house. But the counter argument to that, which I think is a strong one, is that people by their very nature want to get together. They want to experience things together. And so I think as long as this digital transformation, this digital um, uh, move uh, this idea of experiential and it being vir virtual or augmented reality, virtual reality. Those things are good as long as they improve the human experience. But I think insofar as they take away from the human experience, they take away from the connection, I think that becomes a problem. So as we mentioned social media, we mentioned Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg really talking about social media being a catalyst for the uh, experiential and digital and move to a metaverse. 
these many of these platforms already exist today when you're talking about streaming or you're talking about gaming you're talking about the growth of esports you're talking about this idea of sort of again this growth to digital this move to digital this move to experiential so as technology increases uh, in function and distribution uh, the metaverse will also increase right and eventually you're going to have a situation where uh, you'll have brands and platforms and everybody else teaming up to um, work together towards a platform. Now, whether there can be one platform for everybody to work in is another story, right? But I think, um, you know, when it comes to social media and streaming and content-based companies that rely on viewing for profits, uh, when it comes to, you know, you need more eyeballs to watch, right? Uh, I think their proverbial channels, you know, where you sort of access that content We'll need those eyeballs for uh, success and growth. Um, you know, so in, in many ways, uh, there's some sort of self-interest and it's not necessarily a bad thing uh, into wanting to grow the metaverse, right? Because it just means more eyeballs on content. Now, of course, there's a conflict built into all this. Uh, this was highlighted by Warner Media's move, which is now Warner, Warner Brothers Discovery uh, because of that uh, merger that's uh, going through of their decision to go direct to consumer for its 2021 uh, slate of feature films on their HBO streaming, HBO Max streaming platform. Controversial decision when it was made, but I think it was, uh, you know, from the business side of things, I think uh, it made a lot of sense for them. They didn't know what was going to happen with regard to the pandemic. They didn't know when theaters were going to be opening. And I think as long as um, deals could be worked out where talent is still getting paid and, um, you know, there's some good faith and fair dealing going on. Um, and there's some, there's some people who have made some claims that maybe that wasn't the case. But I think ultimately, um, that's where everybody wants to be, is this idea that you want to reach more people. Uh, if that means changing the model a little bit and having shorter theatrical windows or more direct-to-consumer activity, uh, I think both sides, studios and talent, should, should, and, uh, uh, should you know, embrace that insofar as, as they can. Uh, and of course, now Disney is facing some serious litigation from one of its top stars um, in, in terms of uh, um, suing for the Black Widow film and uh, the direct-to-consumer uh, way that that was distributed uh, because of the fact of the back-end money. And uh, Scarlett Johansson, who's the talent in that uh, Black Widow film for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or MCU, if you will, uh, you know, suing for some back-end money on that and sort of what that means going forward, uh, not just for her, but for all talent and how this might be a paradigm shift in that way. But I think ultimately studios, if they were, um, you know, if I was the head of a studio, I'd be looking at this of, okay, well, we need to pay talent what they're worth. And uh, if that means back-end money, then pay back-end money. Um, if anything, I think that streaming numbers can be mentioned uh, potentially even easier than theater going uh, because it's digital and because it's, you know, it's automatic and it's, it's direct. Uh, not that theater going can't, you know, be either because you can, you know, measure tickets and ticket sales and that sort of thing. But I think if we look at the marketplace, um, if there was ever like an explanation, ex exclamation point on experiential uh, would be this idea of space tourism. Um, Netflix is now planning to stream uh, uh, space tourism as an experience and as sort of a unscripted content, if you will. 
Um, Reebok recently came out with an augmented reality uh, platform to form basketball courts uh, with surrounding materials. So basically every child has an opportunity to play basketball or any sport in general. Um, and there's also a continued and complementary drive towards uh, non-fungible token use uh, and collectibles that way, uh, you know, complemented through cryptocurrency and all these deals where you're talking about talent signing up for cryptocurrency and endorsing it and having sponsorship opportunities and this sort of thing, which all enlarge the digital experience, right? It's all a move away from physical to digital. Now, I will say that the Reebok example is something of using technology to increase the human experience, right? Um, so I think that that's a fantastic thing. And not that the Netflix thing isn't. I think the Netflix thing uh, is a, a sort of a, a display of experiential, which I think, you know, again, moves towards uh, the digital aspect. And of course, HBO is now creating another platform uh, for its ad-based content, uh, which is currently there is no ads on HBO Max. So, um, Again, another option, and it's this idea of it continuing to move away from the cable of old, the satellite of old, and getting into the sort of the streaming aspect and what that looks like and changing of the traditional model. Now, I will say that until, until uh, production is made uh, completely digital, uh, which in many ways is somewhat impossible unless um, you know, technology is there, unless something is completely digital and people don't need to get in person anymore, uh, unless technology increases to the point where it, uh, you know, it can be done that way. But I think, um, you know, or even if outdoor experiences become impossible, I mean, think about how many Hollywood movies have been done. Uh, you have Wild Water World with Kevin Costner and, um, you know, all these things, unless something tragic happens, I think people are still going to want to get together. And I think that is the consistent drive, right? It's like technology is great. And if it increases the human experience and makes it better, wonderful. But if it takes away from it, I think you're going to have some pushback uh, from people. And uh, But there, that all being said, I think there is this never-ending push towards digital activations. And technology is really creating uh, that reliance, right? Um, and this push towards uh, digital activations um, somewhat takes away from in-person activity unless it complements it. So it's something to keep in mind as we, you know, continue to move forward. Um, you know, and it's interesting because convenience is really a part of American life, right? And anything that makes it easier or less expensive or fun to consume is something that's going to be very popular. Uh, does it improve people's lives? And I think if if it falls within that category, I think uh, we're going to see a lot of investment in that in that area and a lot of develop in that area, development in that area. But uh, this is where we're at in the sort of entertainment, media, and sports, and life, and uh, the growth of digital uh, versus in-person. But I think the challenge is going to be, again, how do you find ways to grow digital, grow experiential, but do it in a way that improves the human condition and that a way that it improves um, the human experience. So, uh, but, you know, again, I think there is a tendency uh, as you increase technology and you increase convenience that it may force people to gravitate towards a digital option and an experiential option and some sort of virtual or uh, augmented reality. And it goes back to the um, Facebook article with Mark Zuckerberg talking about creating a metaverse, uh, which uh, I can best refer to as the Ready Player One film concept uh, and basically logging into a 
sort of digital universe, if you will. But uh, very fascinating stuff. And again, always appreciate you listening in. And thank you again for making the Believe in Sports Law podcast the number one sports law podcast in the world. I'm your host, Jeremy Evans. And uh, this show has been brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you so much and have a wonderful week. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube